All right, we're starting officially. Open up to First Peter chapter two. Did anybody do what we talked about the last like three weeks? Brenda did it. Maybe that is not helpful. Did anybody actually do it besides Brenda? Yeah, you weren't here. Somebody who was actually here. And although now it's on podcast, so you don't have an excuse. You could have listened to it even if you weren't here. Did anybody else do it? Bianca, did you do it? What are we doing here, people? Come on now. Hallie, did you do it? I'm going to take that as a no. First Peter, chapter 2. Nobody did it? Systems, did you guys do it? No? Why? Why did nobody... Why did nobody do the homework assignment? Shane, did you do it? Did you do the homework? No. Come on, Shane. No. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that at all. Because you know, like as you become older, you're going to have a job that's going to consume some time. You're going to have other activities that consume your time. So. School doesn't does not exempt you from reading the Bible, or vice versa. God is more important than the government. I agree with you. However, children obey your parents, and most of y'all's parents make you go to school or do school at home. In the case of the systems, right? Well, you ask her if you can stay home from school and read your Bible all day, and if your mom says you can, then I will. I mean, I don't have to do anything. It's up to her and your dad. Right, Bianca? Yes, great. Okay. So, I don't really know. I do have one activity that I'm going to give you guys tonight that, well, I'm hoping we'll try to help with this. I don't really know exactly how else to, like, push you guys to do the things that I'm trying to get you to do. It's really not for my benefit. It's really for your guys' benefit. Um... But I, I mean, I can't. I can't make any of you do it. Uh, I can only make myself do it. But I just, I really, the whole point of this study of discipline is to try to get you guys to develop some discipline in the relationship with the Lord category. So some of you guys have discipline where, I mean, all of you guys have to get up at a certain time so you can get to school on time. You guys have discipline to get your homework done. Or maybe you don't do your homework, but you have discipline to get other things done. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's activities outside of school time. Um, all of you have discipline in some area. But the whole point of this study or the whole reason we're doing this study on on spiritual discipline is to like develop the muscle in your brain that gets you in the habit of reading your Bible, of praying every day. And so... Uh, has to start with the reason I started you guys with the homework assignment of like, do you want a relationship with the Lord? The reason I started with that is because you guys have to make a decision on your own, like whether or not that that's important to you. And if it is important to you, like Juju and Elizabeth, Juju said it was important to her and she set up a accountability with Elizabeth to where Elizabeth texts her at night at nine o'clock or as you said, nine o'clock. Yeah. Nine o'clock to remind her to read her Bible. So then that keeps both of them where it's on their mind at a certain time of the day to text each other, to remind each other to read your Bible. So that means if... 
That means if Juju doesn't do it, then hopefully the idea would be that L would ask her the next day, hey, did you read your Bible last night? No, I didn't read your Bible. And then, you know, you can kind of, yeah, you can kind of give them that accountability to remind them, hey, it's important that you do this. So, however, whatever works for you, like nobody texts me and reminds me to read my Bible. I just read my Bible. Okay? Uh, but if texting is what it takes to, like, help remind you and help you keep somebody else accountable, then do that. That's, that's a perfectly fine way to do it. Um, but the whole point of it was to, like, force you to consider the things that are important. And the things that are important in our life are the things that we make, a, like, a concerted effort to do. Okay, so I've shared tons of examples of myself. I love football. It's important to me. When the Chiefs are playing, I'm going to be home watching it. Like, I'm going to rearrange my schedule to make sure that that fits in. Okay, because that's something that's important to me. That's a silly, like, example because ultimately in the whole scope of things, it doesn't mean anything. It's not uh, all that important, but I enjoy watching it. I enjoy uh, doing that. So I kind of rearrange things to make sure that I'm either home for that or if I happen to be out of town, I'm figuring out, okay, how can I watch it? Is it going to work on the TVs here? All of those kinds of things. Because it's important to me. So, you know, all of us have something in our life that is like that level of important to us. Like we, we really want to talk to this person. We really want to play this game. We really want to be at our band competition. We really want to, you know, be at this extracurricular activity at school. We really want to play this sport. We really want to do something. Like all of us have something. And we kind of make time in our day to make that happen. Okay. Um, that's what I'm talking about with the Bible. I know, based on what has happened the last month that we've been talking about this, I know that reading your Bible and praying is not something that's like high on all of your guys' priority list because every week I ask the same question and everyone's like, no, I didn't do it this week. Or what, we had homework, I forgot all about it. And then I do this kind of a teaching thing and I'm like, you guys got to do it, you guys got to do it, you guys got to do it. And then nobody does it the next week. So I get that it's not like really high on your priority list, but... Last week, I kind of challenged you guys to like make a commitment to do something for 30 days. I talked about praying for, a little, for like 30 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day or five minutes a day, like picking a, a set thing and just say, I'm going to do this no matter what. It might not work. It might not be great. Uh, it might be difficult, but I'm just going to set my, um, my goal of doing this every single day, no matter what, and then just see what happens, right? Do that for 30 days. And I told you, I said, there's like a 0% chance that God is not going to answer your prayer. If prayer is the thing you choose. There's a 0% chance he's not going to speak to you through his word. If that's what you choose, you know, if you choose, I'm going to read a chapter a day or a verse a day or three chapters a day or whatever you start with. Uh, there's like a 0% chance that God is not going to do something uh, through his word for you. And so uh, I was thinking about this. The, how many of you guys mow your yard? Anybody mow your yard? You mow? Nobody else mows? You mow? You guys both mow? Take turns. You both raised your hand. And I said you both do it, and you said no. She doesn't do it. Just Cameron. Do- oh, no. Ayla said she definitely does it. Well, okay. Either way. You guys mow? Your dad's mows? Does your dad mow? Yeah. Who mows your yard? Your dad? So I used to mow. I don't mow anymore. Jackson mows our grass now. But uh, I used to always mow. Okay. I, I don't like mowing. In general, it's not my favorite thing to do. Uh, some people like it. I don't, in general, like to mow. That, just like knowing that I have to get up, it's going to be hot because you only mow in the summertime when it's hot. And getting up and knowing that I have to go outside and mow my grass does not sound all that exciting to me. But once you start mowing, once you're a little bit into it, 
it's quiet. I mean, you have the sound of the mower, but like you're away from everything else, right? Maybe you listen to music or podcasts, or maybe you just do it without. Either way, you kind of get to like separate yourself from whatever's going on, right? You can just kind of focus on all you got to do is just mowing these straight lines or mowing a square or diagonal or whatever you do, but you're just focused on mowing, right? You don't have to worry about whatever else is going on. Okay. It gives you time to think maybe. Uh, so I've, I found that in the middle of mowing, I kind of started to like it. You know, it's kind of enjoyable uh, because it gives me a chance to just think or gives me a chance to listen to music or podcast. Uh, it it kind of gives me a time to be separated from just the distractions of life. But also, like, when you do something, when you, like, go out and you work on something, and then when you get done and you feel like you've accomplished something, like, like when you get done mowing, you can look at your yard, and it's like, that looks really nice. I, I feel like I accomplished something, like I got something done. And so, like, the the feeling that you get from when you're done doing something that's difficult and then finishing that task and being able to look at it and think, I did that. Like, I accomplished whatever the thing is. Uh, mowing is just an example, but there's all kinds of things that are like this. And the other thing is, for me, like, when I would mow my yard, and then I get to go outside later and enjoy my yard and do, you know, well, maybe I'm grilling outside, and I, every time I look over, I'm like, man, the yard looks great, right? Um, or now I can use it to play games with my kids, or we can do some kind of outdoor activity in the grass because it's usable now. Like, I, I got it to a point where it's usable. And again, Jackson mows my yard now, so I don't do any of this, but uh, this is how it used to be. So there's there's all kinds of activities like that. Like, if you, maybe you like to build things. If you build something, uh, maybe it's difficult to build something, but when you're done, you get to use the thing that you built. You get to, you know, sit back and look at it and think, I, you know, I accomplished something. Like that work that I spent, uh, the money that I spent to do that, the, the time that I invested in that, uh, there's actually something, some fruit from it that I can I can use this thing. And it can benefit me or my family or whatever. And um, so there's there's a spiritual application to that. Like, I don't always like to read my Bible. It's not, I don't always like to pray. I don't always feel like doing those things, right? I didn't always feel like mowing the grass. I don't, I mean, I don't always feel like getting up and going to work. You guys don't always feel like getting up and going to school. Or maybe you never feel like getting up and going to school, Hallie. But... Like, it's not necessarily an enjoyable thing to get up and go do the thing that you kind of don't really want to do that day. You want to stay in bed. You want to sleep. You want to lay around and look at your phone. You want to play video games and not go to school. Whatever. Right? Like, but we still have to get up and do the thing. I mean, we, we, we have to go and do that. Um, there are so many benefits that come from reading your Bible. So last night, uh, it was like, I don't know, probably 11 o'clock. I ate dinner super late. It was like, I don't know, 9.30, 10 o'clock. I was sitting there playing on my phone. The kids were in bed. Brenda was in bed. It was probably 11, might have been 11.30, something like that last night. And I'm scrolling on my phone. I'm like, I haven't read my Bible tonight. And which I told you guys, I usually read at night. That's usually when I read anyways. Um, But I kind of was getting tired while I was scrolling on my phone or playing a game or whatever I was doing. Uh, I was kind of getting sleepy. And I'm like, man, I should go to bed. And I'm like, no, I haven't read my Bible yet. I need to read my Bible first. And so, like, I, I put my phone away. And I, I prayed. I always pray before I read. Uh, if you read your Bible, you should pray before you read. Um, but so I prayed, and I was I prayed to God, and I told Him, you know, like, God, I just wasted, like, the last hour of my life playing on my phone. When I was supposed to have been reading, now I'm tired. Now I'm giving God, like, the last little bit of my day, right, that I'm, like, I had to stand up at, the, at my kitchen counter. I'm leaning on my kitchen counter like this, reading my Bible, because I was tired. I just wanted to go to bed. 
And so, you know, I, like I kind of felt bad, like I'm giving God like the leftovers of my day, the last, you know, 30 minutes or hour or whatever. And, um, you know, I was just, I was praying to God and just like kind of convicted about my own, you know, procrastination of reading the Bible and wasting my time kind of. And uh, anyway, so, I, but I prayed, I'm like, God, just, you know, show me something out of your word. Um, because there, you know, there are times where I'll read and I'm just kind of not paying attention or my mind's distracted about something else. And, you know, I'll read a couple chapters and I'm like, wow, I have no idea what I just read. I got to go back and reread it again because I don't even know what I just read. And uh, so last time, as I'm praying, I'm like, you know, show me something out of your word tonight, God, because, uh, you know, I just was kind of feeling convicted that I had kind of wasted this time and now I wanted to go to bed, but I, I knew I still needed to read my Bible. So I'm reading, I was, I was reading in First Peter 2 last night. And so um, one of the things I was praying about also before I started reading was just like, how to get this point across of, of having discipline in this class. Like I was praying for this class. And, uh, and so anyway, so I opened my Bible, my Bible. I was reading First Peter chapter 2. Look at verse 1. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. And in this verse, you guys have probably heard this verse. I've quoted this verse in here before. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby... If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And we'll stop there for now. But uh, I read this, and I've talked to you guys about this before. Like, babies need milk, right? Babies need milk? Yes. Uh, they need milk. That's the only thing that they can eat. They cannot, like, chew food. If you give them uh, other things, like, they can't, their body can't handle it. They just need milk for, you know, weeks of their life, months of their life. They just need milk. Okay? Spiritual babies is the same thing. Uh, if you've recently gotten saved, like in the last even couple of years, and you haven't really grown spiritually, that's okay. But you're a, you're a baby Christian, right? Like you are a a baby in Christ, and you need you need milk. You need like simple, easy to di- digest things from the Word of God. You don't you don't need like super deep doctrinal, difficult to understand passages. You don't need to be reading necessarily through difficult parts of the Bible. You know, play like. You need to read through the book of John. You need to read through the book of First John. You need to read like the Gospels. You need to read First Samuel. Uh, you need to read something that you guys can like process and, and get something out of the Bible when you're reading it uh, that makes sense, that you can actually apply in your life. And so literally I just got done praying like for this class, for you guys. And I open my Bible and this is like the second verse that I read is, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. And... I've never read this verse this way before. I've always heard it as like, okay, as newborn babes desire, like newborn babes, they desire the sincere milk of the word. But the way I read it last night uh, says, as newborn babes, then there's a comma. And then it's, it's not like, it's not saying babies desire milk. I mean, it is saying that. But if you read it with the comma, it, it read, it, last night it read to me and says, as newborn babes, and then he's telling them, you should desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Like, babies, like physical babies need milk. They desire milk. They'll cry until you give them milk. Like, that's what they need. But I read this and I'm like, newborn babies in Christ, they should be seeking after the milk of the word. But like, more often than than not, uh, we get distracted by all the other things in life. Right. Spiritually speaking, we don't 
we don't seek out the milk of God's word. We seek out other things to feed our flesh, right? Our phones, you know, our friends, TV, uh, whatever, video games, I don't know, whatever your thing is. Uh, we seek those things out. But this, this verse is saying, as newborn babes, hey, you guys need to desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? So that you can grow. And then that verse 3, this is like, I grew up in church. I spent my my whole life in church that I can remember. And I was kind of like a lot of you guys. I just, I went to church. I was involved in my youth group. Um, that's where Brenda and I met. That's where a lot of my friends were in the youth group. That's where we, that, that was my friend group. That's who I spent most of my time with. We were pretty much at church on Sundays and Wednesdays. I went to basically every youth event. Um, that was where I spent a lot of my time. But I kind of didn't really do any of the stuff, right? I did not, I wasn't praying regularly. I wasn't reading my Bible regularly. I went through discipleship with my dad. Um, but like, it was more informational. Like I got some information. A lot of it I already knew. So by the time I, by the time we got married, I was 20, 21, 21. I was 21 and I mean, I had read the Bible, but not a lot. Okay, I mean, I was pretty, spiritually speaking, I was still kind of a baby, even though I'd been a Christian for eight years at that point. But that, in verse 3, I didn't read this verse whenever I was at that age, but if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Uh, I don't even remember the first time that it happened, but when I was reading the Bible, and for like the first time in my life, it felt like God was speaking to me through his word. Like I saw something that I hadn't seen before, or I prayed about something and God answered that prayer through the verses that I was reading that day. Like when that happens the first time, it's like all the things that you're, that I've been saying, all the things that my my youth pastor have been saying, all of the things that I've been hearing my whole life. It's like, Oh, it finally kind of makes sense because before that, I mean, you guys hear me say this kind of stuff every week. Like we've been talking about discipline for a month now. Or, but oh, we started talking about it before camp. Um, but you guys hear this over and over and over again from me, from Brian, maybe from your parents. But it really isn't until you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Like, until God speaks to you directly through His Word, it doesn't really all maybe totally make sense. Maybe you get it in your head, but you don't really understand in your heart. Like, it, it doesn't really click with you that, oh, I, I need this. I didn't realize that I needed this, but uh, when when the God of the universe communicates to you through his word in a way that people have told you your whole life or as long as you've been in church, when he does that for you the first time and you see it and you're like, oh, okay, this is this is what people have been telling me. But once you experience it for yourself, it, it is different. And so I want to read the rest of this chapter. Yeah, we're going to read the rest of this chapter. I want you guys to just, just pay attention to the words. Of, of these verses because really the whole chapter I mean we could I could spend a couple weeks talking about this chapter because I read it a, a couple different times because I'm like there, there's just so much in here that really applies to what we've been talking about um, it really goes into some of the things I've been teaching on and what really what God's desire is for you guys what my desire is so pick it up in verse 4 so after we say after we see that you've tasted and see that the Lord is gracious uh, verse 4 says to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood 
to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye, that's you guys if you're saved, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, like... That that's us. We are, we are cho- like God chose us, right? We are a chosen generation. We should be showing forth the praises of God who hath called us out of darkness. Like, I don't know if you guys get it, but if you're saved, like God did a miraculous work in your life. You're saved from eternity in hell. Like that's that's huge. And I think if we can kind of wrap our minds around that a little bit, uh, it should make us want to tell other people. We should want to live that out in our life. We should not allow uh, you know, stupid thoughts in our head. We should not allow ourselves to be distracted to the point where we don't even want to spend time with him because we're so filling up our time with other things. Okay, verse 10. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you. That means like I beg you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Okay, we just had a whole camp about enduring. Okay, abstain from fleshly lust. Whatever fleshly lust, that can be all kinds of things. But he's begging, Peter is begging in this in this chapter, I'm begging you guys, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Like those things pull us away from God. Our soul, uh, you know, if we're saved, we, we should desire to have a relationship with God. But we allow a lot of other things to, you know, get in between us and God and follow after those those fleshly lusts. Verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall uh, behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the yeah for the punishment of evil doers and for the praise of them that do well for so is the will of God that with well doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men yeah so yeah obey the, obey those that are in charge of you submit yourselves no one likes to hear the word submit like we think of it as a bad thing uh you know like like in like fighting like UFC or something like that when you put someone into submission like they're forced to tap out and, and give up and quit, right? Uh, God's saying, submit yourself to somebody else. Not, that doesn't feel good. In my flesh, I don't want to submit to somebody else. Right? I don't want to submit to the laws. I don't want to submit to the government. Um, I'm telling you guys, you need to submit to, you know, reading your Bible, praying. Verse 16, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. You guys, we we have liberty in Christ. Like, we can do whatever we want. Like, I mean, within the confines of the law. I'm not suggesting that you do whatever you want. But 
like we can't lose our salvation, right? I mean, God has given us freedom from hell. Like we we can't once you're saved, you cannot go there, right? You you are free really to serve the Lord or not serve the Lord. Like God has has a desire that you serve Him, but He's not going to force you to do it. You have liberty to do whatever you want. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly the words it says, but yes, Uh, that's a little bit different. Um, It's a different dispensation than we're in now. We could talk about that one of these days. Remind me about that, because yeah, that's a good idea. Put it in this box right up here. That black box. That's where the questions go. Because we should talk about that. He has pulled some out. I have pulled some out and gone through them. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so don't use your liberty as a cloak of... Like, don't allow the fact that God lets you do whatever you want to just say, okay, fine, then I'm just going to do whatever I want and never spend any time with the Lord. You can do that, uh, but like, don't use your liberty for that. Verse 17, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. You guys have those uh, teachers at school that you don't like, or maybe your parents uh, get you mad because they make you do stuff you don't want to do. Uh, you know, those are your masters, right? Those are the people that have authority over you. Uh, subject yourselves to them, Okay. Verse 19, for this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. It's saying, that verse is saying, okay, if I, if I mess up and then I get a consequence for that, then like I deserve that consequence, right? But how much better is it if I'm doing the right thing and I still suffer some consequences, and I deal with that with patience. Like, I don't get upset that that's not fair. I don't start throwing stuff. I wasn't me. It was this other person. And now I'm having to deal with the consequences because of what they did. That's not fair. Okay? Uh, it's saying, if you suffer, you know, if you suffer for not even for something that you did, um, you know, that that's going to be rewarded. Verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For, for ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Okay, Jesus set the example in all areas of our life, but um, that that chapter, there's just a lot of good stuff in that chapter. Uh, we only had like 10 minutes to read through it, but I would encourage you guys to read your Bibles. I mean, I don't really know how else to say it. After this week, I'm not really going to say it again because I've been saying it this whole time. It doesn't seem to be doing a lot of good. But I have a I have a thing to help, maybe. What? Yeah, I have it right here. So, one of the things that helps me, well, there's a lot of things that help when you're, like, setting goals or setting a, like, there's something that you want to do. Um, 
I have an Apple Watch. Hallie has an Apple Watch. Brenda has an Apple Watch. And both have an Apple Watch. You're wearing it right now. That's not an Apple Watch? Okay, whatever. Anybody else have one? You have one? Okay, so I have the, I have an Apple Watch. If you guys know anything about Apple Watches, they have these rings. Like so many minutes of standing, so many minutes of exercising, so many calories of moving. Um, I'm like obsessed with closing my rings. I try every single day to at least close the two rings. I don't always close the exercise ring. But uh, if it's like the end of the day, it's like 11 o'clock, and I haven't closed my moving ring, I'll be, I'll like just pace up and down my hallway at home. Brenda doesn't like it if she's sleeping. She's like, what is he doing out there? I'm pacing up and down the hallway because like if I, I have like, I have a streak going, right? I don't know how many days it has now, but it's like multiple years of not missing these goals. And so now if I break, if I like miss a goal, then I get really irritated because I'm like, well, I had this perfect streak going. Okay. Um, it was the same thing when I was, when I was walking and running a bunch, uh, in the spring. Uh, I set a goal. I was like, for 30 straight days, I'm going to go running every night for 30 days. And then I did 30 days and I'm like, I'm going to go for 60 days. And I hurt my knee one of the days. And so I missed a couple days, but as soon as I was back, I went back to it again. I ended up doing like, I think I missed a hundred days. And there was like 90 some odd days where I did it every single day, except those days that I kind of hurt my knee. But like, I feel like for me, when I get on track of doing something, my OCD kicks in and I just, I really don't want to break the streak. Like it's been so many days of doing this. I don't know how many of you guys, did any of you guys play any of those like daily games like Wordle or any of the variations of those games? Okay. If you, do you do it every day? Do you do it every day? Yeah. And then you miss it and then it, and then it's kind of like really disappointing, right? When you miss it. Uh, so yeah, I have a few of those that I do too. But if you, my point is, if you work towards something and you kind of set this goal and you start doing it, it drives me crazy to break the streak. Okay. So I came up with this thing. Brian actually made these, but, um, the, it's a 30 day challenge. Okay. It's 30 days. Basically it's our logo. It's on like nice card stocky paper. But my idea is it's going to start on the first. That's Friday. That's two days from now. And if you read your Bible that day, or if you pray, or whatever the thing that you set, the goal that you set, then you color this, you color this, uh, this says one, you guys probably can't see it. There's a two, a three, a four, it goes all the way to 30 down here. So you color it in after you finish it, like that day. And then just see at the end of 30 days, how many, how much of the logo you can get colored in. Does that make sense? Does anybody have questions about that? It's pretty straightforward. You can have as much fun with it as you want. You can do lines or dots, or you can do a different pattern in every one. You know, just make it fun to like kind of scribble, draw, color, fidget, paint. I don't really care what you do with it. It's just an idea to like encourage you to have, okay, there's something I can check off. Literally, you can, you know, color it or check it off somehow every day that you do it. Does that make sense? So we have questions. Does this, do you think this might help you? Cameron says yes. yes. Elizabeth says yes. Okay. I don't know if it will or not, but uh, it's just an, uh, an idea that I had. I'm going to do it with you starting on September 1st. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible the next two days as well. But starting on September 1st, start coloring in days. You can do it too, Kayla, if you want. Maybe Hopefully I have enough of these. What your goal is. Yeah. Can't write it down because it's not specific enough. <laughs> um, 
And if any of you guys need suggestions on how to actually make it happen versus, like, other than this, like, if you're afraid you're going to be in the corner for games like this, or screw things, like, messes you up more than it helps you, talk to me because I have a million ideas. That's right. Yeah. So just give it a try. See what happens. I told you guys last time. I mean, what it, what is what is the worst possible case scenario on you saying for the next, starting on September 1st, for 30 days, I'm going to read my Bible, one chapter, and I'm going to pray for five minutes. Like, what is the worst possible thing that could happen? Like, maybe you don't get all 30 days. I mean, there's not really anything bad that can happen. I mean, reading a chapter and praying for five minutes will take you a total of... 10 minutes, 15 minutes if you are a slow reader. It is not that complicated. Or maybe if you get to like Psalms 119, that might take you like 15 minutes to read that one because it's a long chapter. But most of the time you're going to encounter chapters that take you 5 to 7 minutes to read, maybe less. Okay, so just give it a shot. See what happens. Yes, Hallie. What? As soon as possible. I don't know. Okay. You can still buy it online. I mean, I, yeah, whatever tickets are available. Okay. Questions about that? I would recommend putting it somewhere with your Bible. Putting it somewhere you're going to see it. Maybe you hang it up in your bathroom on the mirror. Maybe you hang it up next to your bed. Maybe you put it, I don't know, wherever you do your schoolwork. For you guys that are homeschooled. Maybe you do put it where you do your schoolwork. I don't really care what you do with it. Uh, maybe you walk out of here and throw it away. That's fine too, but it's just an idea. It's just a way to help. Yeah, don't leave it on the floor in here. Um, anyways, let's pray. We're five minutes over. Fireworks are going to be starting shortly. That is tonight.